Um, so hey everyone, it's uh, Nicole Snow. I'm the founder and CEO of Darn Good Yarn, which is my favorite company ever. Um, and if you just want to mute out, Teresa, so we don't get feedback, um, that's cool. That's Super. So, uh, so yeah, welcome back to Wind Down Wednesday. Uh, this is our opportunity here to interview the people that come in contact with our small business who design for us and just other small business um, businesses, most specifically like women business owners who are balancing a lot of stuff in their lives from working and doing the side hustle, um, having maybe a business or a side hustle, and then managing all the other hats that women just traditionally have. Um, I know as a woman who has, you know, started her own business, I've been I've run Darn Good Yarn now for 10 years and it's been not only the growth of the business, which has been amazing, but it's also been this evolution in how I've contorted around other people's lives around me, and um, and sometimes good and sometimes bad. Um, I think that there's value that I'm hoping to provide to our listeners um, that can um, help us uh, move the needle along in terms of progress and, and women owning their businesses successfully. So uh, with that, um, I want to thank uh, Teresa for coming on today. Um, Teresa has, well, I'm going to have you actually talk through all of your shops and where you're selling and what you're doing as a business person, but your handle is Tegan and Lou, and we'll put that in the show notes um, for, you, for people to follow. And I love following you on Instagram. I like, sometimes I like don't make the connection when I see something on paper and not on my Instagram. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, I love your stuff so much. I know that person. Yeah, that's the <laughs> best part about uh you know, having your fingers in so many different things, it feels like uh, you're constantly in a state of surprise and shock. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, Teresa, you um, so you have you have 20 years. You know, for our listeners, you have 20 years of total experience knitting and crocheting. Um, you also um, you've done a couple of projects for us here at Darn Good Yarn, including the Whimsical Winter Wall Hanging, which I'm going to tell you when I saw that, I was like we've had other projects made with that yarn. So I'm not going to, I don't want to diss on other designers, but when I saw that, I was like, that is the perfect use for that yarn. I am in love with it. Um, and then you also, you're working on a Halloween bunting for us as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and well, and I have to say when I got that yarn, I opened it and it was like audible gas, like <laughs> ooh, it's just something I have never seen before. So, um, that was easy to work with because, it's fantastic. I mentioned that I was probably going to have to do something embarrassing and I'm going to just open the door for the puppy right now because she's out there going, let me in. That's perfect. So I, while, while you do that, I'm going to um, talk about our giveaway. So Teresa will be right back. Um, oh, you, yeah. If you guys can hear us too, um, we just want to make sure our audio is set up. Can you just give us a like or comment or something that you can hear us? Okay. That's always really helpful because Eric is just um, doing her thing over here. So um, we're going to do a giveaway um, like we did last week, uh, not last week, I'm sorry we missed last week. Um, our guest um, actually wasn't able to make it like right before she had an emergency, so I apologize for that. Uh, maybe in the future what I'll do is uh, take some of your questions of things you'd like to know about me, and maybe we'll just do a quick filming so we can still uh, engage with everyone because I enjoy this so much. So the giveaway uh, this week is going to actually be one of the wall hangings that you design. We're going to do a kit. Um, what everyone needs to do, though, is go onto our Facebook uh, page, which is facebook.com slash dgyarn, and comment on our um, on this 
uh, show right now and see what would you make with our felt ball yarn? So after I just said that whole thing about, um, yeah, this is my favorite project ever. You can't use wall hanging. It has to be anything but <laughs> wall hanging. You can't win. You can't use it, but you, you use it. Dirt, it's already it been used. Because it's so fun. <laughs> so, um, and Teresa, do you have any wine today? Or is it just, am I just drinking alone? You know, I'm, I'm hitting the coffee pretty hard um, because there is still a lot of momming left to do in my day. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> These guys helped me get set up and I've learned through doing a couple of shows now that I just need to make sure I eat something prior to so that it doesn't just look like Nicole's getting drunk throughout progressively through the half hour because that happened on because <laughs> <laughs> I always you know I love that this is like exactly the middle of the week and like something like this is so needed for me to just like sit down and how how often as moms and business owners are we sitting? Like that doesn't happen no. during the day. You know, it's funny. I actually have on, I have my sparkly Sperry's on because these are the only shoes that can yeah. keep up with me in my office because I am running all day. Like I have these fancy shoes. They don't get worn. I got my, my sparkly oh, yeah. All right. So talk to me a little bit, Teresa. Like, so our listeners, you know, some of them who like maybe are just tuning in for the first time, tell, tell me a little bit about yourself and like, and more importantly, what are you, what's, what's your daily juggle? Like, I don't want to call it a struggle, but it's just, what's your daily juggle? Sometimes it's a struggle, but um, <laughs> I try to keep it on the juggle side. Um, so I am, I'm a mom. I am a former high school teacher, but ever since I had my kids, um, I work at the public library in our town um, as a technical librarian part-time. And uh, so I do that. I've got two kiddos running around, two dogs. Um, and then this fun little side gig that I decided to really start taking seriously like last November and um, which is called Tegan and Lou and we and I've just been you know grinding pretty hard trying to bring fun stuff to people. Um, I've focused more closely on designing patterns but I do a little a couple markets uh, throughout the fall and winter seasons too. So can I interrupt you? So I, this is what this is what I do. This is why we're here, right? But how many hours a week? We're gonna do you, go on break because I do that too. See, <laughs> how many hours a week do you think you dedicate to your business? I think people are, would be really interested to know that. Oh, you know, it's a lot. It, it, I don't want to be the poster child for insomniacs, but I don't sleep well, so that's when I do my work, and it actually felt super great. Um, so I, oh goodness. So I work at the library part-time and it's about 20 hours a week. And then, um, for Tegan and Lou, I mean, I'm, I'm probably logging between making and designing and, uh, doing photos and, uh, you know, doing some, uh, other like press stuff along the way. Um, and promos it's upwards of 30 hours a week, but a good portion of that, like a really good portion of those 30 hours are me sitting down after a long, long day and playing with yarn, which I love. So I can't really call it work. <laughs> That's cool. You know, it's funny about the insomnia thing is that I like, I, I have a two year old as well. And, um, I, I don't sleep really well. Like I get to like three o'clock and I'm like, I'm sort of like sort of shocked my system cause I've been nursing her forever. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, Okay. That is exactly what 
ice day has happened. I slept great before I nursed two children constantly. Yeah. And now you're like, okay, this and now my body's like, we don't need that sleep thing as much. Who needs a boob? Who needs a boob? And then you wake <laughs> up and then you're up though. Like you're, you're legit up. And so what I've mm -hmm. actually, I just want, I just get up now. Like I, I don't fight it um, unless I'm, I really need to sleep, but I just, I actually get up and I have outside of my bedroom, like a place where I sit and I read and I actually start my business stuff um, because it's amazing when you're not getting disturbed like how much work you can really cram into like 30 minutes or an hour or something like that and just getting that time for yourself. So uh, that's an interesting, I like, I'm glad I'm not the only person. So I'll think of you next time at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel free to message me then because here I am. <laughs> right? So, so let's talk about like, you know, you said you do some fairs and markets, like talk, you know, talk to me about like your channels. Um, how are you choosing those fairs and what are you doing? Like maybe three or four a year or what is that tempo? look like for you? Um, so this is actually my first year of doing like established juried shows. So I'm, I'm pretty much a newbie at that beforehand. I was, um, joining in on a lot of, um, events that friends were throwing with direct sales and things. So oh, that's a like, great idea. Um, like women's direct sale party. And do you want to come and bring some of your stuff and, you know, see if that works out. So that sort of got me interested in uh, doing markets and stuff. So this year I'm only doing two. Okay. Teresa, I've actually never heard of anyone doing that. And I, I think that's a, an awesome way for people, you know, versus getting in the car and loading or the van even and loading things up for a weekend. You know, you go, it's a, it's in a nice environment and it's sort of like a trusted group of people. Um, and then you're done in a couple of hours. Um, totally. And then, yeah, and the whole... The whole vibe of it is just like more often than not, you know, most of the people, it's just trying to support other people who are trying to, you know, do the same thing that you are, like do something you love and make ends meet if, if that works out that way. And, um, yeah, those are, those are fun little events. So you, um, and, and like in terms of being a newbie, um, Erica was telling me right before um, we came on here that like you're almost officially like one year in business from when you filed, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, I have been crafting. You mentioned this earlier, but I didn't uh, elaborate on it. So I've been crafting since I was like a little, little kid. Um, I had a lot of nervous energy as a child. I don't know if you can tell. Um, no, I can't. <laughs> you seem really <laughs> yarn works. Um, so my mom and actually my aunt uh, kind of picked up on like that I was just always picking things up and wanting to make things out of things and um, and they were like well let's do something about this which is super great because I'm a fourth child and in a lot of other areas it was like fourth child go do whatever you want but my, uh, my mom and aunt noticed that and uh, they found people that were yarn crafters and set up little um little meet and greets with me um when I was there's some debate about this either seven or eight and um taught me how to crochet first and then next and I've done it my whole life um but then I really didn't take it that seriously until my kids were born and I just needed like some, some mama me time. So let me ask you about like the mom part of this. Cause I, I'm a couple of, um, wind down Wednesdays ago, we had questions about like what time, what 
uh, what years do you think it's it's a good practice to really introduce your kids to fiber art crafts? Like, are you doing any of this with your two and five year olds or um, like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they make me so stinking proud because I mean, they're surrounded by yarn all the time. So, um, but they love it. So my daughter, um, I made her a little frame um, for weaving. Mm -hmm. so she's five and she, we started doing that maybe a year ago okay. where set up a weaving frame for her and give her some yarn uh, threaded on blunt needles and she can create like her fun little weavings and she's actually super good at it. <laughs> That's awesome. So what did you do? Did you use like cardboard or did you buy like a dedicated weaving board? So I have, I have like an actual weaving board for myself. So I was working on something and she was like, I want to do that too. So I grabbed a shoebox lid and cut some slits in it. It That's was like very makeshift, but uh, it's actually lasted for about a year. So I haven't bought her another one yet, but. That's it. I love, I love that stuff so much. So I, and you know, it's funny. We actually talked about weaving as being like the entry, the, the, like the, the gateway drug. You, I may probably shouldn't be saying that. Like it. <laughs> yeah, it is the it's the gateway craft because the kids, I think they, you know, they learn um, tension and like what yarns and how yarns give and what to expect. And I, I feel like that's like one of the biggest issues when you're learning to knit or crochet is going too tight and not really learning how to give the yarn space to breathe and, and get that tension correct, you know? Totally. Yeah. And my son is two, but ever since, you know, he was even younger than that. He, he just takes such an interest in, um, in what I'm doing and he'll pick up what I'm working on and he'll just pretend to crochet or knit and be like, I am working. <laughs> Actually, so when Anna comes to the warehouse and this is like the funniest thing, cause I, I've gotten a lot better about like not keeping all of my projects out. Um, if you ask my husband, I would have baskets. I don't know about you, but I would have mounds of baskets of all my whips, like all over the house. I had a, yeah, I have severe problem. Like I'll have 10 whips at once. It's like, I'm so embarrassed about that. I never- Don't be embarrassed. Multitasking is something to be so proud of. And sometimes you need to put that thing down and pick up the other thing and just go with it. It does great things for my brain. Don't apologize for that. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, when you never finish anything, though, I'm like, I finished one spark in the past year. Like, I have a legit problem. But um, when Anna comes to the warehouse here, though, because she's not used to seeing all the yarn, she'll run up and down the aisles and start picking stuff out. And I was like, yeah. let Amanda see that because you're going to throw off our inventory. And you're going to piss people off. <laughs> it's very, I'll have to, I'll put a video up on Instagram next time she's down. Oh, yeah, I need to see that. That, and it just makes you so, when it's something that you're passionate about and they just pick up on it, like, I don't feel like I've, other than them being exposed to it, I wasn't like, Alice, you need to learn how to weave. You know, it just, no. it brings me such joy to see them seeing that it brings me joy and wanting to do it too. So Organic. it makes me happy. But yeah, and I, um, with the teaching and age wise, I am teaching a crochet class in two weeks at my li the library where I work for kids. Um, awesome. The beginning of a series and we settled on like age eight as like a perfect time uh, for kids to learn because they're in, they can be there independently um, in that setting, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
that's where we that's where we landed so well okay so this leads me in this is a great way to reach out into your community and i you know from you know knowing a little bit of your background um you know you've talked about community being really important to the growth of your business and um and kind of giving you some of your business chops and learning about that um what has been what's been one of the i guess you value community and you hold it in high regard you talked about you know hooking up with your friends who are doing their own sales parties and i think that's amazing um what else have you done as really like a one-year-old entrepreneur uh to build up your business and and sort of find 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 your people um yeah that community part of things has been super important to me i grew up in chicago um in the city and then about 10 years ago my husband and i moved um just a couple hours south of the city but it's a smaller town smaller college town um and that's my favorite part about it is that you can be involved in like so many things and um it's not that hard to get to know people because there are fewer of them <laughs> and um so when i first started my business i i thought primarily i'd be just making handmaids and um I started with an Etsy shop and then pretty closely immediately after um, my disdain for the going to the post office kicked in and I was like, I got to sell locally. <laughs> um, <so laughs> there are uh, two vintage and handmade stores in um, the neighboring town to me that are both um, women owned and really great places uh, to shop and places that I enjoyed shopping. So I just reached out to them and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you have any interest in, you know, taking a look at some of my stuff? And uh, so I sell in two places locally right now. Um, and so, you know, I've made some really good business contacts that way. That's awesome. And some like Facebook groups that um, are, um, you know, like uh, women in business Facebook groups just for central Illinois where I live. And uh, so that's helped, you know, me build like a physical community. And then um, the online side of things, like most people, if they are aware of me at all, it's through Instagram. And um, I have met just so many fun and um, really encouraging people who have helped me along the way to kind of figure out, you know, the best ways to market myself online. Um, you, did you use any certain hashtags to like, follow, like find these people or was it just sort of like browsing through what Instagram was suggesting that you might like? Um, so mostly it was, you know, sort of like a combination of the two that um, community over competition hashtag that one, you know, has some like, and something that's something that I, you know, really think is important um, in the type of business that I'm trying to run. And, um, but yeah, and then the other thing is um, on Instagram, there are these things called engagement pods, and I have met a ton of people through engagement pods. So, and cool. have, for, for, for some people that don't know about that, can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, it's sort of like the dirty little secret of Instagram. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, basically, let's, let's spill the beans because I think this would be really, I'm going to get some more wine too, but I think this would be really interesting for people because, you know, just before the show, we were talking about building a tribe. And um, I think that 
this is this is a women's issue in, in my opinion that um we tend to be very competitive with each other and we try not to be we try to be kumbaya and build each other up but you know the marketing that we're given that we're lesser than and then you, you tear down your neighbor right to feel better than and that whole idea of self-esteem i think has run into the way we're running business as well. And I think we have an opportunity to do a, a much better job as women. And if we really understand that competition is, is truly a destructive force. Um, Peter Thiel has said it, he's a co-founder of PayPal. He wrote a book called Zero to One that for me was transformative. It talked about, um, it talked about how competition is exactly that. It's a destructive force. And, and what are you really competing against? Um, so when you talk about this and, and, and understanding, you know, telling us about the dirty secrets of Instagram um, and how to create community, I think as women, we have to not be shy to be part of a tribe. I'm, I would be the first person to say, I lived under a rock for a very long time and I didn't want to even do these sort of engaging things, engaging things um, because I would felt, feel too vulnerable. Um, but it's like a muscle. And once you start to, I don't know about you, but I feel like once I start to engage a little bit, my muscle gets That's a little bit the best way to describe it too. That's yeah, I feel like, oh, I just, I just want to sit on the couch. Like I'm too drained. And you know, the introvert extrovert in me, like the introverts, like you need to stay on the couch and recharge. But the reality is, is that you don't realize how much energy you're using, probably mulling around these questions that you have. And you have a, you have people out there that have embraced this tribe mentality as well that are, are want to help. They want to help us all succeed. We live in America and it's, it is really a land of prosperity. Um, we all want to help each other. So that's Nicole's philosophy hour, but tell me more about, you know, what you're doing on Instagram because I, I do. Yeah. I so, well. I mean, it, it kind of started off with, I mean, I think that there's no secret to the fact that um, social media is a fantastic way to um, promote your business. It's, you know, pretty much, I mean, I've done other things and I, I do try to stay pretty present in my like physical community, but I mean, by and large, I do most of my marketing through social media. So I was approached by a friend um, who said, hey, you know, um, with algorithm changes both to Facebook and Instagram, um, you know, we kind of want to figure out a way to get seen because that's a real thing and that's a real, um, a, a real hurdle to that type of marketing. Um, so um, basically we like made a commitment to each other to do our very best to um, support each other's posts and that can do a lot to kind of bust up the, the algorithm that exists that can sometimes get in your way and can it make it so you're not being seen by your target audience. Um, well, excuse me. Um, <laughs> So uh, in the process, so it started off as this very like formulaic, like, okay, you know, like these are the technical aspects of um, Instagram that are getting in your way of being seen, um, which I don't, that's not my field in general. I'm very lucky to have a husband who is um, in media and uh, does manages the social media for um, our local NPR affiliate. So he tells me all the things. Um, and we're a good team in that aspect. But so it started off as just this like formulaic thing where it's like, um, let's, let's support each other in good faith, but also we're really getting something out of this. We're boosting our um, social media engagement. Mm -hmm. 
But then it turned out that we're a bunch of women who are all moms, who are all like grinding really hard to try to make something happen for ourselves and bam, friendship. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And so, um, and from there, you know, we've just put our heads together. And I think that a lot of the time, um, especially people who aren't engaged in this type of like single person business, um, they get really overwhelmed. Yeah. And think that, like you said, like you can't ask questions. You can't trust anybody. If you can find it. Um, and it's, uh, I, I have really found that, <laughs> you know, naivete aside, the yarn community is a bunch of wonderful people. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. It really is. And a lot of that, like, competition that I felt in other areas of my life just doesn't totally exist here. I think we're all doing, like, pretty similar things. And, um, and we've found out that working together is really um, an asset to everybody. And, yeah. and my business is that, like, these people that I have found and consider my tribe, we're all spread out about the country. So those, you know, we're not really competing with each other. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's it's such an interesting point because um, because I know like we sell pretty much all online. I used to have a retail store uh, at Darn Yarn a couple of years ago. Um, the mental training, you know, I think we're sort of you know old school. Like, so I was born in '82, so like there's sort of this like scarcity mindset thing where like you know you have a brick and mortar and you're only lucky if you get a hundred people that pass your shop every day. Right. And then maybe two of them will come in or something, you know, pulling up weird numbers. But, you know, the online community is it's so expansive. Um, so the actual competition, it's like you have to kind of turn off that old thinking that we were all brought up on, like that typical old school um, thinking. And, you know, when I see what we've done as a small company, I mean, like we have 11 people now that work here and I'm like, we've done what with how many people like business school doesn't teach you that. And I went to school for that. And like, so you're doing this on your own. And it's like, there's almost like this, I think this unpacking that needs to happen and like relearning how the business of the future is working. Um, and as, and if your commonality is moms and the hustle, I think it's so important because you, I always, there, we, there's a saying that I'm sure you've heard, but like, if you want to, I think Bill Gates might've said something like this, but he talked about if you want the quickest way to do a job, give it to the laziest person. Cause they're going to figure out like the, the most efficient way. Most yeah. Efficient way, right. But I'm like, okay, give it, to a mom. give it to a mom overburden, right. I'm going to tell you how to yes. do something. Like I know I can clean my kitchen, unload the dishwasher, do all this in 12 minutes. You know why I've timed myself and I'm freaking good at it. Anyone else who goes in like 28 minutes, I'm like, TikTok, but this is the thing. I think we have we don't realize the power of the efficiencies that we've just worked into how we do our jobs. Um, if we all capitalize on how we do that, right? It's like this is a whole economy that I think is is just primed to bubble up even more in scale in in a in a just a larger way. And it's it's me. So these conversations are so important. Did you just spill your coffee? Nope, um, my tripod broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know you fixed yourself, Teresa. I called it. I called it. There would be something. Look at that. I'm fixing it. There's a hair tie involved. This is amazing. 
So right before everyone, right before we got on, I was I was telling Teresa I was on a, uh, a webinar a couple of months ago with my friend from high school. But she has a successful um, coaching business now. Deanna Dance. Did it again. <laughs> <laughs> you got this, girl. You fix it. I got this. So um, and I was joking. It was a webinar about perfection and not pursuing perfection. It's like the evil of a lot of people, and it holds you back from really what you're meant to do on this earth. And we're in the middle of this, and I dump coffee all over myself, all over the floor. And I just kind of pretend originally like nothing happened. I was like, you know what, time out. I'm like, I just dumped all this all over me. And in the pursuit of non-perfection, um, this is what it is. And then Teresa, you're like, I'm gonna mess this up. And I'm like, no, you're not. And then your tripod breaks, so here we are. But while you get that fixed, let's announce our winner. Um, so our winner uh, this week is Lori Sim Peters. So congratulations, Lori. So um, we're Lori. And um, we'll get you set up with uh, your mailing address and get you set up with your kit so you can get that. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot to announce that. Thank you. So if you're watching this after the live show, don't worry. You can win as well. Um, you just comment now. So all the other comments from here on, um, you'll get entered in. Tell us what you would do and what you would make with um, the winter, um, the whimsical winter wall hanging. And uh, comment in on the, uh, on the show comments and we'll pick someone and I'll announce that next week or we'll DM you something like that. Yeah. We'll get in contact with you. Don't worry. We're always good on that stuff. Um, okay. So let's, um, you know, I have a couple more questions. We're a little bit over our time, but if you're, if you're game for maybe five more minutes, I'm game too. Does that sound good? Totally. Totally. Right, cool. So I want to ask you like, you know, I know the creative process is, um, it's difficult, especially when you're multitasking. It's, I think it's even more difficult. Like who or what are your inspirations um, to get your juices like revved up? Because it's, it's difficult on the day-to-day -day running a business and then having to perform creatively, you know? Um, well, to be appropriately sappy and then also totally on what we were talking about before. <laughs> um, so when I had kids, I fully intended to continue working full-time. I was going to continue being a teacher. Um, I, it was really important to me um, to make sure that my kids were proud of me for not just being a, their mom, um, for doing something else that is important in some way. Um, and you know, things don't go to plan. My daughter had colic. She couldn't be left with anybody, so I couldn't work full-time. It, it just wasn't going to work out. Um, so, you know, the short answer is that, like, I have found pieces of me um, through my kids that inspire me. Um, and, and just, like, having a goal that, you know, and, and I mean, that's, like, one portion of of where my inspiration comes from because um, I have a ton of people in my life who are just wonderful and creative and really supportive um, but I, I would say like my primary draw is that you know I just I get inspired by wanting to do things that make them proud I think that's one of the most beautiful things I've heard like you're you're sitting here saying you know you're being taxed juggling a ton and you're finding that as your character unfolds through all these different roles and like where they can be seen as, um, as you know, a detriment in some cases, you know, by 
societal, typical societal standards, you're like, man, this is just, these are enhancers and it, it, it's, it's made you a more multidimensional person. And that's been your own inspiration. Like that's one of the most badass, awesome, beautiful things I've ever heard, honestly. Well, thanks. <laughs> that's just amazing. I'm the truth over here. There's, you know, uh, you know, but, but what makes that possible too, of course, is, you know, the people that are, uh, that I get to surround myself with. My husband is fantastically uh, supportive and his parents, my parents, um, are just all on this weird, crazy train that I've decided to start running. And, um, and it, they, you know, they inspire me to keep going too, because they've been so supportive of helping me figure it out. Like right now, my daughter's getting out of kindergarten and every day I'm there to pick her up. But today their her dad left work early so I could do this. Oh, and so I, well, thanks like, dad. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that's incredible. Um, actually, I have a question from someone who's watching right now, and the question is, how do you um, organize, we're going to change, change gears right now, so how do you organize uh, writing patterns? Um, what do you mean, like, how do I organize them? So, Katie, do you have any other uh, insight, like, with the organizing of patterns, like, in terms of, like, when, when Teresa is actually writing a pattern and editing it? You can ask Amber. Okay. Yeah, Amber, if you can give us a little bit more insight to um, to what you mean by that, that would be awesome. Um, but in, so when you're coming up with a pattern, though, maybe I can like figure this out while we while we sit here. But um, when you're sitting down to write a pattern, like what does that process look like for you? Like you know, you know, for me, I actually just dive in and I like will rip and tear and then rewrite. How do you um, how do you dive into that process? Um. You know, it happens in so many different ways. Um, my One of my more popular recent patterns is this really simple, um, like, winter ear warmer that I released for free. And the first one I ever made was, again, um, I just made it for my daughter because she wouldn't wear hats. Um, so I my whole aesthetic is very much focused on... Um, like functional beauty. Um, so I think I'm, I'm just like a problem solver by just by nature. And, um, so most of what I design ends up being like, Oh, I need something for this. And then I kind of try to sit down and figure out a solution to it. So, um, but then other times, I mean, like, like we were talking about before the, um, the wall hanging, um, that I did for Darn Good Yarn, that yarn came to me and I was like, I know what I'm going to do with this. This is fantastic. It speaks to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my superpower, yarn speaks to me. I may be crazy. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. Do we have other questions? No? Oh, Amber is asking, um, should making the pattern look and sound cohesive? Oh, how, I'm sorry, can you just say it again? Yeah, she's just asking how to make your pattern look and sound cohesive, so making sure it's thorough, any tips on that sort of So the question I think is around, how do you make the pattern cohesive? Is that, mm -hmm. how do you make it cohesive aesthetically, I'm guessing, and then, um, writing steps clearly. And then writing the steps clearly. Does that just come with experience? Yeah, you know, and I think for me, I've, I spent a lot of time 
making things from other people's patterns um, and working in a library and being something of a book nerd too. I, um, I've just absorbed a lot of the ways that you can express things in a pattern and have it make sense. Um, I have a teaching background, so that part kind of, you yeah, know, absolutely easy to me. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I like to, even if, it, there are plenty of things that I make that I don't feel are on brand for me. And then I won't do anything with them. You know, the, it'll be like a nice experiment in, in making something, but I don't have to, I don't, I try not to force things that don't feel like they're me. Um, so for the patterns that are out there, there are many more that did not get published because I just didn't feel like they were me. All right. No, that makes sense. I actually have, we have a lot of questions this time. This is, this is great. So I, I think this will be our last question and I'm going to have my last, my very last question, which we're kind of doing now. Um, but when, uh, when you release a pattern, um, for free or paid, how do you, um, how do you know it hasn't been done before? This has actually come up in our community a lot recently. Okay. Um, and I mean, you can, you have to do the best that you can, um, to sort of vet it out and make sure that you're doing something that, um, that's authentic to you. And also that doesn't look exactly like what someone else has already done. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, like brass tacks, I spend a ton of time on Ravelry and on Pinterest. And I, um, when I'm creating like a listing for something, either on Etsy or Ravelry, um, the tags that I've created to um, to promote the pattern or to have people find it, I search through a lot and just make you know try to do my due diligence to make sure that um, what I'm creating is as original as it can be. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a sort of a refrain in the yarn community where it's like, there are only so many stitches, there are only so many combinations. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of like similarity that kind of abounds and trends are a thing, you know. Um, but I think if you make a good concerted effort to look around and see what's out there, you can feel pretty confident um, deciding what you're going to publish and what you're I think, not. I think, that's, I think that's excellent advice. Um, all right, and this is, I, I, I'm liking to end, end our wind down Wednesdays. This has been really awesome. And stay, I'll, when we end here, I'll, I'll still stay on with you. But um, yeah. what's the best advice that you've ever uh, been given, either professionally or personally? I get a lot of advice. <laughs> um, I am really lucky to have, I, I think like life advice is always what sticks because your business is always changing and um, you're always going to approach things in new and different ways. But um, so when I was a kid, my mom used to always tell us um, if something bad happened to us or something was making us sad, she would always say, well, okay, so you know how that feels. And that's all she'd have to say. And with the implication that like your main responsibility is to be a good person. Yeah not hurt other people. So um, that's more overreaching and it can be applied to business for certain, especially it can be applied to community. Um, but that sort of, um, sort of, I would consider that like the wisest advice I've ever gotten. So shout out to my mom, Laura. <laughs> for yeah, Our moms, right? Holler to them. 
No, I think yeah. that's, I think that's, I think that's going to be a good mom when you've had like the best mom. <laughs> that's so wonderful. That's great. Um, all right. Well, this has been fantastic. Um, you know, I just want to do two other like sort of national shout outs here. We had, um, you know, I don't mean to end it on a, a sad note or anything, but our, our hearts go out to our neighbors over here in Skihari. Um, we had, we actually like had some, that was, that was a very tragic uh, accident that happened. Um, and we have people that are directly affected that work here at the company that uh, knew a lot of the people there. Um, and then um, those affected by Hurricane uh, Michael, um, just stay safe and just keep listening to the directions from the government, please. Amazingly, they are here to keep us safe. <laughs> but um, yeah, just stay, stay safe. And um, yeah, and next week, We'll be here. Um, and then Friday, we're actually going to be doing our live um, Facebook event like we've done for the past few weeks. Um, this is our flash sale for our sari skirts. We're going to still announce the time, but we're going to be doing it from a special location because I'm going on a quick vacation. Um, but you see, I'm doing it in darn good yarn style, Teresa. So I don't do too many like just Nicole vacations. I have to bring the entourage, which is Amanda and Carrie, so we can actually still do work. So we're going to be in um, Bermuda. <laughs> We got a humongous hey, hotel room. You know I, would, I would problem solve in Bermuda in a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said too. And I'm like, you know what? We've been busting our butts. We had a humongous warehouse move. Um, and so we're going to. Yeah, congratulations on that. I heard about that. Yeah, it was 12,000 square feet. There's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll do an Instagram live here um, later today or tomorrow. And we'll walk. Oh, we'll do it today because I'm going to be leaving. I'll do a walkthrough real quick of the warehouse. If anyone's interested, hop on to Instagram in like five minutes and I'll walk through the warehouse if anyone wants to see what we're doing there. Um, and we'll, it'll post in our story too for 24 hours. But because uh, I'm proud, we've done a lot of work back there. But um, yeah, we needed like a timeout, but we're going to bring skirts with us to Bermuda so we can do this live event so we can stay consistent um, and check some nice. luggage. <laughs> and then we'll ship them as soon as we get back on Monday. <laughs> but Teresa, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, we'll put all of your handles up so people can follow you. Um, but is there anything else? Well, I just want to thank you for having me here. This is so fun. Yeah, this is, this is great. I, I, I was really awesome getting to know you better. And I know our listeners and everyone watching right now, I, I, this is a fun time. And thank you everyone for um, giving us your questions as well. And we look forward to next week. All right, everyone. All have right. A great day. Thank you so much for joining us here at Darn Good Yarn for Wind Down Wednesday. See you later. Bye. <laughs>